Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. Chapter number five. Second um, Corinthians chapter number five. Appreciate the, the opportunity just to be here today. Looking forward to the service this afternoon in Cades Cove. We invite everybody to join us if you can. But uh, this is now. We may never see Cades Cove. Uh, the opportunity that we have is in this moment. And so I'll encourage you today that if you're not right with God, that you'll make preparation now. Don't wait. Make preparation now. Second Corinthians chapter number 5. I'll begin at verse number 11. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. But we are made manifest unto God. And I trust also are made manifest in your consciences. But we commend not ourselves again unto you, but give you occasion to glory on our behalf, that ye may have somewhat to answer them which glory in appearance and not in heart. For whether we be beside ourselves, it is to God. Or whether we be sober, it is for your cause. For the love of Christ constraineth us, Because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh, yea, though we have known Christ After the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new, and all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. We'll stop right there. Bow with us if you would. Father, thank you for your word. We pray that you'd open our hearts to this truth. We don't know the hearts of anyone that's here. But Father, I know that you do. And Lord, more important than anything else is that every soul be prepared to meet you. And so we pray. We ask earnestly for the working of the Holy Spirit among us, that every heart would be drawn, that every soul would be obedient and surrendered to your will. We're trusting you in this truth. As we ask it, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for standing. We're going to continue this morning. We uh, we started a couple of weeks ago and have not been able to uh, uh, to have liberty to move away from it. And for that, I'm grateful for the unction. In the day that we live in, people need to be reminded of the importance of faithfulness. Um, The scripture directly says concerning stewards or servants that it is required of servants to be faithful. Above everything else, 
Um, it's not our talents or our abilities, but it's our faithfulness that God looks for. Uh, God can take the littlest of things and do extraordinary things with it. Um, I, I've seen God use folks that, that by the world standard may not be uh, singers by calling, and yet when they sing, it, it brings the Holy Spirit in every heart. And this is simply a work of, of faithfulness in his people and the faithfulness of God in us. And as we see the apostle in chapters number four and in chapter five, we preached just last Sunday concerning Paul's encouragement to the church and, and their need to be faithful, not to give up, to persevere, to hang on, to stay with it, to be committed, whatever you want to, or however you want to think of it, there's a responsibility for the people of God to be faithful. We need to be faithful. There's people that are watching you that need to know there is a reason, there's a cause. And I don't want to go back and try to bring up everything that we have saw in chapters 4 and through verse 5. But I do want to continue with that same thought today and to leave you with a very specific thought concerning the love of Christ. The apostle, I believe, continues in two parts in the verses at least that we read to you here to explain the reason that he couldn't give up, that he must carry on, that he must allow the Holy Spirit to have its perfect work in him. Number one, he said, knowing in verse number 11, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. There's a responsibility for us as the people of God to recognize that there is a judgment. You read in verse number 10, Concerning the judgment that was coming, that was certainly a reason for the apostle to continue in the faith and to be faithful unto God. But in verse number 11, he said, not only is there a judgment to come, but he said, there's a need. There is a great responsibility and an importance for us to stay the course for the precious souls that are out there that still need to know of Christ. You see, you don't know today whether or not it's your life that they're looking at. And maybe when they're searching, maybe when the Holy Spirit begins to convict and draw them and their own conscience to Christ, maybe it's you. Maybe you're the one that they're looking to. Maybe you're the one who has loved them in the past or has shared with them a kind word or has brought to them the word of God or an invitation to the house of God. But regardless of what it is, when someone sees you, are they seeing a consistency, a love for Christ, a love that is unwavering, a love that is undaunted by the world but is passionate in the soul and reaches unto others? Do they see the love of Christ? in you, knowing the terror of the Lord, knowing that there is a judgment coming, the apostle said, we persuade men. There's a great reason, there's a great cause that we cannot yield to this world. We cannot succumb to the disappointment or discouragement or the enemy's attacks. We cannot allow anything take us from the cause of Christ. There is a reason because other people need to know about Christ. The terror of the Lord obviously reminds us that we must persuade men that Christ alone can save. But I want you to look specifically at verse number 14. The apostle said it like this. He said, for the love of Christ constraineth us. 
When it comes right down to it, I want you to know that there's a power greater than you that has to keep you. <laughs> if you think today that just just not giving up is about you mustering up the courage to pull yourself up each day by the bootstraps and say, I'm going to do this well. Or I, I want you to know today that we don't operate in our own strength. If we did, we would all already have fallen out. We would already have dropped the course. We would have failed in this race. And yet what I find is that the love of Christ is ever present. Is that there's something that is greater than me. Something that compels me in my heart. Something that constrains or binds me to the will of God. Oh, how glad that I am that the love of Christ constrains us to stay this course. The apostle would go on to explain how important that it was because the promises of God of Christ who died for all uh, reminds us that all were dead. When we hear these precious truths, what we're reminded is of that the love of Christ has been sent to all mankind and if we would but believe, we could be saved. The love of Christ constrains us. When you think of the things of this world that would tear down, and as we've seen, especially in the last couple of years, I believe the enemy's been at work unlike ever before. We can see in our own country the demise of such moral truth that that it seems it's unrecognizable even to us. As we look and see the degrading of, of morality and the so many things that have been abandoned that once were held sacred or true, we look at a country that uh, declares to be under God and yet defies the things of God. I want you to know that even though these things exist and go on, for the people of God, the love of Christ is ultimately what constrains us. Why, you say, because? Because the love of Christ is what reminds me every day that I was unlovable. It was the love of Christ that came to me when I was the sinner, when I had no hope, when I had no when I had nothing to merit the favor of God. It was the grace of God that brought the love of Christ and the love of Christ that gave himself for me. The love of Christ, you see, constrains us. The apostle Paul certainly was, was, was gifted of God as he was called into this work but it wasn't his gifts or his calling, friend, that, that God was depending upon. And, or apostle Paul was depending. He was depending upon the love of Christ, the love of Christ that works in us. I want us to look this morning at the love of Christ specifically. And I want to ask you today as you evaluate and you examine yourselves, and surely every time that we're exposed to the light of God's word, there should be an evaluation going on. There should be an, an, an internal inspection, an inventory that is taken that we simply ask ourselves, am I right with God? Am I in the place that I need to be? Can I feel the spirit of God? May I say to you today, the love of Christ does not waver. It doesn't change. Oh, how grateful that I am that the love of Christ is what constrains me. The love of Christ is what binds me. Yes, there's reasons. Yes, there's responsibilities. Yes, there are dangers if we turn our back on God. There are so many things that, that are good reasons and the apostle Paul gave them all. And yet I'll say to you today that the greatest of those is that the love of Christ binds me. It constrains me to this walk. I don't know about you, but, but to the people of God, what you'll find is that when we begin to waver, when we begin to turn in another direction, there is a moving of the Holy Spirit in our lives called chastening. 
There is a working that I remember as a child. My parents would would invoke. There was a there was a chastisement that would come when we would break the rules. There is a reminding that there is a right way and there is a wrong way. And as a child of God today, I can't be turned to myself. How grateful that I am that the love of Christ constrains me. It is what binds me to this walk. You say, preacher, what's in it for you? May I say to you today, friend, that, that of this world, there's not things that can be given that can compel a man to truly walk into the fire for God but the love of Christ can every day people are willing to stand and to be persecuted for the name of Jesus Christ you say why for the love of Christ constrains us the love of Christ compels us to do what ordinarily we wouldn't do. The love of Christ is the same thing that would compel the Apostle Paul to go back into a city in which he was just stoned. The very things that the world says to depart from and to leave and to never be a part of. May I say to you today, the love of Christ compels the people of God to engage in. We cannot give up. Oh, how, how tempting it is for so many to ease over to the fence as a sheep and to begin looking over into a pasture that the enemy says is so much greener. May I say to you today, if your pasture is not green, it's because you've not tended it. You've not worked it. There's things you can do for your yard to green it right up. And I'll tell you right now, if you're looking at somebody else's yard, the best thing you can do is mind your own and and work on what it is that you've got. Listen, it's as good as I want it to be. I can get just as close to God as I want to get. I can feel the Spirit of God, experience the presence of God. May I say, the love of Christ binds me to this walk of life. You say, preacher, it sounds like... You're a slave to Christ. Yes. It's exactly right. Oh, but as a slave to Christ, I'm free. And in this freedom, I find a love that Christ has placed within my heart that cannot be moved. A love that puts us in a, in a desire to be in the house of God. A love that, that compels us day after day to stay the course and to run the race and to finish it for the prize that awaits us. There's a reason that we'll stand and do what we do as the people of God. The love of Christ constrains us. The love of Christ constrains us. Turn with us to the book of Romans if you still have your Bible open. Romans chapter number 5. I'm going to read from verse number five first. I want you to to see we're still focusing on the love of Christ. The love of Christ, it constrains us. But may I also say that the love of Christ is the very thing that is shed abroad in our hearts. Now, I'm speaking in spiritual terms. When we we talk about about activity such as something being shed abroad in your heart, you realize today that only God can do that. Only the divine can work within a man, within a soul. It is only God that can come in within the heart, you see. And and you begin to hear, not with the ear, but with the heart. When you can be moved, and yet what we find in the word of God is that the love of Christ, the very love of Christ that constrains me in this good work is the same love of Christ that is shed abroad in my heart. Let me read it to you. Verse number 5. And hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. 
the very thing that constrains us is the love of God that's been placed within us. The apostle John would write in 1 John concerning the love of God and say, behold, what manner of love that the Father hath bestowed upon us that we've been called the sons of God. He would say that the the very love of God is what, what causes us to be born of God. It is the love of Christ that dwells within a soul that draws us into a daily walk that causes us to be separate from this world, alienated, if you would, looked down upon and scoffed or ridiculed, persecuted in circumstances. But may I say, all of these things are simply the result of something greater that is within us. I would suggest today that there are many today that would refuse to to acquiesce because the love of Christ. I've seen it. You've seen it, the horrible things that they they put out there where where some are captive and because they're Christian, they're bound and and, and forced to their knees and, and, and bags put over their head and then executed because they would not renounce Christ. I want you to know that that's not new. It's been going on since Jesus Christ rose from the dead. There have been martyrs and persecuted of all but may I say today, what compelled them to stay the course was the love of Christ. The love that dwells and is shed abroad in my heart. I can no longer, I can no more be the sinner I was than, a, than the man that was, went from blind to seeing can go back to being blind. I can no more walk that walk or live that way. What I read to you in 2 Corinthians that is that when a man is born again, a person is born of the Spirit of God, that they become a new creature. That the old things are passed away and behold, all things have become new. Listen, as a child of God today, the love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost by the Spirit of God that dwells inside you. You say, preacher, I don't understand what you're talking about. I don't have this Holy Ghost, this Holy Spirit that you're referring to. May I say to you, the Apostle Paul said that if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. There's a good reason so many can't stay the course. They've never been born again. They've never been saved. The Apostle Paul said it clearly. He said that he spoke of of a couple of individuals specifically. He said that were shipwrecked in the faith. And to others, he said they didn't stay with us because they were not of us. They claimed to be Christian. They claimed to be children of God. And yet when it came down to it, what they were missing was the love of God in them. The love of God that abides in the soul that lives within us. Listen, if you think you're going to be the one that, that is making your own way, if, you're the, if you think you're the one that is, that is making, making all of those choices and past math, say to you today that it's the love of Christ that constrains us. It's the love of Christ that is within us. Now, I'll never, never be in a place where I'm absent the love of Christ. Why? Because it's shed abroad in my heart, right? It's not on my sleeves to have been taken away by every every wind of this world. It's not out there that is a part of the physical so that the world could abuse or, 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 or steal. No, the love of Christ is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is within us. And every day, you see, the Holy Ghost makes that new. 
It is the love of Christ that is inside me that, that, that fills our heart with a longing to do something for God. And you think in the flesh, and, and I understand the flesh is absolutely indifferent to the things of God. And yet the love of Christ is greater. For he said, greater is he that's within me than he that's in the world. People wonder why in the world they can't serve God. Have you considered whether or not you've really been saved? Because to those who have been born again, you will receive the Holy Spirit when you get saved. There's, there's, there's no need for a second dose of it. There's no reintroduction to it. When you get born again, you receive the Holy Spirit. And according to the Apostle Paul, the Holy Spirit sheds abroad in our heart the love of Christ. The love of Christ. Oh, you say, what by definition is the love of Christ? Well, we could go to John 3.16 and certainly declare unto you the simple love of God for humans in the fact that he would give his son for the wretched, for the vile, for the wicked. I can assure you today that he loves you just as you are that we don't stand here today behind a pulpit as if we're elevated within our... We have nothing to offer but Christ. And the only reason I'm here is Christ. The only thing I can share with you is Christ. There is a love in my heart that compels me day after day, whether you listen or don't listen, whether you come back or, or I never see you again. There is a love in my heart that compels me to tell you about Christ. The love of Christ constrains us because the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. I hope today that every born-again believer among us knows exactly what I'm talking about. (laughs) That you say within your heart, you're exactly right. I have no idea how this happened, but I can't help but love my neighbor. Right? Remember that old song says, it makes me love everybody. There's a lot of truth in that. You say, what in the world would compel me to love someone that I once hated? I can assure you, it ain't you. It's not because you've turned over a new leaf or you suddenly have grown compassion where it didn't exist before. No, by definition, you had none of those things. You are not spiritual and cannot be that way. It is the love of Christ that constrains us to be this very thing that he's called us to be, the hope to this world, the light, the salt, all of these things. There's the love of Christ that compels us because the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Today, if the love of God is not shed abroad in your heart, I'd suggest that there's a problem. There's a problem. There's a spiritual problem within you. The Bible said that if I, if I can't love my brother, then I can't love God. And, and so often we find ourselves in a position where, where we're challenged, right? And everything in the flesh wants to hate somebody. Everything in the flesh says they wronged me and I deserve to be, to be made right. I deserve for them to bring retribution to me. I deserve to be able to hold a grudge against them because of how I've been violated. May I say to you today, the love of Christ, when it's shed abroad in your heart, you won't be able to do that. Your flesh, you'll wrestle with, I'll give you that much. 
Because every time that you let down your guard, your flesh is going to try to remind you of how you've been offended, how you've been violated, whatever has happened to you. There are circumstances, I agree, that it seems that it would be proper for us to hate or despise or or in any other way not love someone else. And yet if you've been born again, If you've been born again, may I say to you, the Holy Ghost has shed abroad in your heart the love of Christ and the love of Christ declares this, that you are not worthy of his love and yet he loved you anyway. You see, all of this is proof that Jesus loves me. For the Bible said that God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You see, he had every reason to hate and despise and and to destroy all of us and yet God so loved the world that he sent his son. And Jesus Christ died in my place. And may I say to you, it's the same love of Christ that compels us, that constrains us in this daily walk where we simply say, I gotta keep taking one step in front of the other, where we wake up every morning and we say, he is worth it all. He is the one that I'm following. He knows the way and I do not. It is the love of Christ that dwells in my soul by the power of the Holy Spirit that constrains me to keep the faith. And I want you to know, I'm trying my best to explain to you today that that is not something that, that, that I manufacture. This is not some innate glorious ability that I have that you don't. No, the problem is, is we're all miserable, wretches, <laughs> unable to stay any course. And yet, for the love of God that came to me one day and rescued me out of the pit and loved me when I was unlovable, cared for my soul. And when I cursed God, he loved me anyway. And he sent his son and he died in my place. He who knew no sin became sin for us. Forever proving the love of God for me. He has become the propitiation for my sin. The love of Christ constrains us and the love of Christ has been spread abroad in my heart. When you you spread something abroad, what you're doing is you're making sure that every part of it has received some of it. And when it comes to the love of God, may I say to you today, the Holy Spirit ain't missed a place. What you can't do, he can. What you wouldn't do, He will. And it is that love that astounds us, does it not? It astounds me. When you think to yourself, I should hate, and yet you are compelled to love, then you're starting to recognize the love of Christ within you. For the love of Christ, you see, is greater than anything else. You say you really believe that. I do. I'm going to prove it to you in the Word of God. The love of Christ is greater than any enemy, any foe, any struggle of life. The word of God has declared to us the love of Christ is greater. It constrains me in the walk that we walk. It it has been shed abroad in my heart, but turn with us to Romans chapter number eight. I'm going to close with this thought here. Romans chapter number eight. 
We'll begin at verse number 35. I want to read these for you. Apostle Paul begins with a question. He said, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Right, let me stop right there. Right. I know you're tempted to read. Look at me. <laughs> We're going to get to that. Hang on. We're not going to leave any of that. Some of you are worried today. You're facing battles that you've, you've never won such as this before. Some of you have never been through what you're going through right now. I want you to know the love of Christ is sufficient. Don't you worry, Paul, you're going to get through whatever you're going through. You say, how can you be so sure? I'm fixing to tell you. But I'm going to sum it up in the, the love of Christ, you see. is greater, Debbie, than anything you'll face now or ever. What has been shed abroad, bless his name. <laughs> Hallelujah. What has been shed abroad in my heart is good enough. It is greater than anything that can come against me. And it ain't anything of <laughs> it ain't anything to do with me. No, it is the love of Christ that abides in me. Boy, sorry to leave that part. The love of Christ that He gave it to me, Tabitha. He put that in me. The very instant that I was saved, the Holy Ghost shed abroad in my heart. My vacant, black, and wretched heart, the love of Christ was shed abroad. Light suddenly was where darkness was before. Anybody in here know what I'm talking about? I have been saved by the power of the love of Christ. And in my heart, he has shed abroad this wondrous power. A power so great. A power so phenomenal. That the apostle in his boldness would go as far to say, who can separate me from the love of Christ? Number one, shall tribulation. Don't raise your hand, but there's some going through tribulation right now. Some of you are struggling right now. Some of you are having to deal with things that you've never dealt with before. But don't think it uncommon. There's nothing new. What you're going through, many have gone through before. And you know what? I'm glad to tell you today. They made it. You say, how did they make it? The love of Christ. The love of Christ, which has been shed abroad in our hearts. It constrains us and compels us to walk this walk in faith and to stay the course and to be what it is he's called us to be. The love of Christ, which cannot be separated from you or me. Can tribulation separate us from the love of Christ? No. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? Because what Jesus said was, is, is in this world ye will have trouble. 
You'll have tribulation, he said, but be of good cheer. He said, for I've overcome the world. What is there to fear? Who shall separate me from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation? No. How about distress? Persecution? Famine? Or nakedness? Or peril? Or sword? As it is written, the book of Isaiah, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. The apostle answers his own question concerning, concerning who shall separate. Can any of these things separate me from the love of Christ? Nay, he says, no, no. Verse number 37, no, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him. What? That loved us. <laughs> you say, what are you getting at? I'm just trying to remind you that it's the love of Christ. It's the love of Christ that dwells within you. That puts you and I as believers of Jesus Christ into a position where we can simply say, in all of these things, we are more than conquerors. Meaning what? Meaning... I can't be defeated. You say, time out. There'd been plenty persecuted that ended up dying. They were defeated. Excuse me. Dying is not defeat. (laughs) The apostle said it like this. He said, for me to live is Christ, but to die? He said, oh, that's gain. That's gain. Shall tribulation or distress? Can that separate me from the love of Christ? No, because the love of Christ is greater than tribulation or distress or peril or nakedness or famine or sword. There are none of these things that have the power to conquer the child of God. Why? Because the love of Christ is greater. Why in the world do you think the Holy Spirit would be shedding abroad in our heart something that wasn't up to the task? Something that was inadequate or wasn't able to keep me and preserve me unto the day of redemption. And yet I suggest to you today that the love of Christ is the greatest of power. The love of Christ that has been shed abroad into my heart. Whatever the trouble, whatever the problem that I may face in this world, the love of Christ constrains me to stay the course. The love of Christ has been shed abroad in my heart and the love of Christ can never be taken from me. Nay, he said in verse 37, in all of these things, he said, we've been made more than conquerors. Verse number 38, just two more. He said, for I am persuaded. Listen now to the list. What are we talking about? We're talking about the love of Christ. He said, for I am persuaded that neither death That's good news, ain't it? Death cannot separate me from the love of Christ. Nor life. Listen to what he said. Nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God 
which is in Christ Jesus. You want to talk about eternal security? There is nothing that can separate me from the love of Christ. If that's not eternally secure, I don't know how you define it. No, he said, as a matter of fact, in all of the hard things, the tribulation, the peril, the nakedness, the sword, the distress, he said, in all of these things, I've been made, right? I didn't make myself. I was made to be more than a conqueror through him. Through the love of Christ that has been shed abroad in my heart. I stand today as... in jeopardy of your good opinion to not be the best example. The truth is, I don't claim to be. And as a matter of fact, I'd encourage you, don't watch me. Watch him. But I will say this. Come what may. Whatever the problem be, it is well, it is well with my soul. Why you say, how can you be so confident? I'm no more confident than the Apostle Paul who said, I am persuaded. Neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor life, nor death, nor any height or depth or any other creature is able to separate me from the love of Christ, from the love of God that dwells within my soul. I'm a captive of Christ. I'm a slave to Jesus Christ today. And I can assure you that the love of Christ is what compels me. It's what compels you. When we get to the end of the journey, whatever that last day is, I can assure you it will have been the love of Christ that got you there. The love of Christ that is constraining us day by day into this good work, this good way that he's called you into. The love of Christ that has been shed abroad in your hearts and the love of Christ which can never be separated from you. All of these things. The great benefit of having been made one of his own. I received the love of Christ. Come get a song. Your heart today, you may be that person on the outside looking in. And a great deal of what's gone on today in some form or another has seemed a bit foolish to you. And I remember that place. I was there. You were there before you got saved, right? We were there. We, we were outsiders. We were we were. We were looking into something that we truly didn't understand, and yet we also knew somehow that what it was, that it was real. And then the day came when the Holy Spirit of God spoke to my own heart, and it was as if then that the rest of the world didn't exist, for all I could hear was Him. And in that instant. 
I knew I was lost. And oh, how I needed at that moment. Right then I knew I needed to be saved. And also knew by that simple measure of faith granted unto every conscience when the Holy Spirit speaks, I knew that Christ was the only answer. You may be in that very position today. I beg you to come. Don't let anything stop you. The greatest thing you'll ever do is receive Christ as your Savior. The love of Christ will change you. You won't have to clean your act up. The Holy Ghost of God that sheds abroad in your heart the instant you're saved does some serious cleaning and fast. Paul said, the things I once loved, I now hate. The things I once hated, I now love. It has the power to do what we can't do. I don't know your heart today, but I know this. You need the love of Christ, and you need it now. As we stand to sing, the invitation is for you to come. Come to Christ. Call on him. If he's speaking to you today, simply ask him into your own heart. Let him do for you what you can't do for yourself. And that's to say, as we sing,